so welcome back to the podcast uh, i think uh, today's episode uh, normally what i've done is i've spoken to people that i already know uh, but today's guest uh, webhav singh i i haven't uh, met you before webhav at all uh, i haven't yeah. any conversations with you so i think uh, to begin i'd really like to know uh, sort of which club you support and a little bit of history of you supporting that club how long how did it happen so as much information as you can give about your affiliation and your interests sure sure hi man uh, uh, thanks for having me over uh, like you mentioned uh, pretty much the first time that we'll have a proper chat right so yeah excited about that uh, and uh, yeah so i uh, am a manchester united supporter and uh, i have been supporting manchester united uh, since 98 now yeah so good uh, <laughs> period of time now uh, yeah i was still a child yeah uh, i'm mid 30s now so it's been well, majority part of my life you know has been supporting manchester united right. and uh, yeah so the affiliation uh, how it began was essentially uh, uh, during those times uh, you know whatever footy you could see on delhi right uh, just picked up from there uh, it wasn't necessarily uh, you know uh, only manchester united because uh, uh, those days like the good old days <laughs> if, if you remember you know not much coverage was there on the television right so uh, so yeah just uh, essentially started watching football across the board uh, you know the premier league and the spanish league essentially right. to begin with and uh, yeah i mean uh, the team uh, uh, you know essentially over the few weeks and months uh, you start you know tend to uh, you tend to start affiliating yourself right to a certain right. style of play and uh, the two big dogs that time were basically arsenal and manchester united right uh, so so yeah it's just something about united that just stuck you know uh, probably the stadium uh, the manager the players uh, the spirit essentially that was there uh, during that time uh, yeah and over a period of that 98 win- uh, season uh, just yeah started identifying more with the uh, the philosophy of manchester united and uh, that's how it began and then of course over the period of time the coverage also improved uh, you know the early 2000s uh, you know you had a lot more coverage you had a lot more uh, talk shows chat shows on the television covering the premier league so slowly the uh, you know and also the advent of uh, internet was more uh, you know uh, freely available over those uh, early years then uh, so yeah so that's how it began and then uh, of course then a deep dive into the history of the club what the club stood for uh, and yeah it's just been up and up from there <laughs> yeah. but you know at, at that time you like you rightly said that you had two options you had either yeah. arsenal or united and you identified with united more can you yeah. uh, sort of illustrate why more united why you know what about arsenal did not sort of call to you and what about united did so uh, so of course the the there are i think a few key factors there uh, one of course was uh, uh, the never die spirit of uh, manchester united right i mean we uh, now it's become pretty famous uh, uh, for the time and how united used to play right till the end but yeah that time didn't really know that this is a kind of philosophy that united follow so that over a period of time you know you kept seeing that happening over and over again uh, and you kind of you know and that kind of uh 
resonated with my personality as well uh, right that uh, okay you're not probably the best team on that day you're you know you're having a hard time uh, you you're not being outplayed by the other team but you're still you get stuck in uh, and you just go right till the end right uh, and also then uh, the style of play that united were it was a more wing based play so it was faster right. you know players mm. bombing uh, up and down mm. uh, not more of uh, you know through the middle like yeah. we see uh, nowadays mm. so so yeah essentially that and uh, and, and uh, you know no <clears throat> nothing taken away from arsenal uh, or rather in fact uh, uh, even the chelsea of that time or the tottenham of the time or liverpool of the time uh, because like i told you you know i used to because i wasn't following any one team in particular so i used to watch pretty much all the matches i could get my hands on uh, so th- those were attractive clubs too at that time and especially uh, chelsea uh, it, it used to have a pretty attacking team at that point of time i remember so but yeah uh, yeah it just stuck united stuck and then of course i mean 99 happened and you know that just uh, i mean if you are a young impressionable mind and uh, you see a season like 99 especially the end i mean that's it right i mean <laughs> there's no going back from there yeah so yeah i think uh, you and i were in similar circumstances and i think you chose united and i chose arsenal and so i right. think uh, <laughs> right about the right about the same time i guess for me i think probably it was 2001 so okay. i mean you know i really want to i think uh, you know that is a, a, an old time and i think also the football as you pointed out that's played there i really want to get into it straight away so mm-hmm. uh, trying to understand you know how you feel about uh, just how this year is going to pan out uh, it, i think it doesn't matter that you lost the first game it's not a big right. deal doesn't define your season but right. uh, i'm trying to really try to understand what you think uh, ole stands for i can't say his last name perfectly uh, mm-hmm. so what what uh, you know he stands for what do you think his vision is in the year coming up and uh, right. just try to get an idea of how excited you are uh, for this year right so uh, with ole uh, you know uh, of course uh, we knew him as a player right and he was uh, again part of that same uh, group of players who were uh, coached extensively over a period of time by sir alex right mm-hmm. so in a way you do know what these players stand for because if they were good enough for sir alex you know to play under his tutelage then right. yeah i mean character wise it does set them apart right so with only you do we do at least feel that okay he'll bring some of those uh, ideas and philosophies into the club again uh, sir alex also like he wasn't a master tactician uh, for that matter if, if i remember correctly right so but he was a great man manager i mean the way he used to build the team the way he used to motivate the team you know and, and ensure that the team sticks together through the tough times i think we saw that with uh, oligarnar also in the first one and a half years right that right. i mean yeah tactically probably is not you know say at vanwall yeah. level or uh, jose uh, hmm. uh, caliber yeah but he what he said to, he, he's basically come in and he's just steadied the ship right hmm. he's tried to uh, quell some egos uh, hmm. remove some dead wood 
bring a solidarity to the team, uh, motivate his players. Basically, you, you know, just like what we saw with Martial, right? Uh, right. Uh, one of the yeah. major transformations uh, since yeah. Oli has come in. So I think yeah, that is his plan uh, going forward as well. Uh, you know, just to ensure mm. that the group of players that are at United, uh, they always uh, you know are together. in whatever they mm. do and uh, mm. are committed to the cause till the end mm. without having any personal uh, you know uh, uh, thought process or you know some uh, selfish motives behind right. what they do uh, mm. and also promote youth along the way uh, we've right. already uh, seen a couple of uh, players also couple of players he inherited from mourinho and couple mm. of them he's you know building up on his own so yeah i think that's that's the direction that united wants to take uh, right that, uh, and also depart from the the uh, the transfer strategy that we had in the middle right of paying big money to big players uh, i think that hmm. also has even though yeah we we did play a pay big uh, 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 big money uh, hmm. last uh, season uh, for especially for maguire right uh, but that was like a necessity i mean we needed that uh, okay. right so So, yeah, I think yeah, let me like so. So I usually you know have a lot of friends who are United fans, and then we have many heated discussions. I think one of the reasons yes, for the podcast is it's super like you don't have to really prepare these things. You already are so opinionated about them, and you argue so much. So it's actually really easy to talk. And right. so I mean, I, you know, I I talk to them, and uh, for me from the outside, maybe also my opinion is a bit uh, biased, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to admit that. But I. thing what looks to me from the outside is like a bunch of transfers but together not making sense so i sometimes question hey what is the plan here you got pogba you got van der beek and i think there's another mm. guy i'm missing and it it doesn't seem like Uh, from the outside you know admittedly i don't even watch other teams games that much i just right. look at the highlights and so i'm really not trying to understand let me also give you some context uh, i think of course I, i'm an arsenal fan so i'm uh, pretty sold on the arteta story i right. i try, i know what he's trying to do and i don't think he's trying to do anything revolutionary he's trying to do what pep has done and what jurgen klopp has done which is play super high intensity football and sort of have systems so mm. what happens is when you when you're going forward when you're going back there's a plan a plan b plan c and then like he said over the weekend he said no plan can work if you keep giving away the ball right so right. he has a very definite idea of what he wants to do whether it's right wrong and i also don't think it it's anything new i think it's it's basically what liverpool and and uh, city have been doing for a while i so i know what he stands for i know what mm-hmm. his strategy is now of course what i look at uh, in res- with respect to arsenal is are they able to pull it off and the answer is no not really sometimes yes right so i don't know right. if you've seen the analysis of arsenal trying to get away from the back and what right. they because they still is, need i think they still need a couple of midfielders i think that's where they shot right but you know if you look at how from the back they pass it about what is mm-hmm. the success of that of that play that play is when you invite pressure and you sort of pass the ball around the back as you know far back as a goal line even right and right. the idea for that is to is to uh, circumvent no, not circumvent to go through this uh, this uh, aggressive push that the opposition is making when mm. you get through it and that's like a aha moment so every time i see it i'm like okay this play worked out and i i probably think okay mikel arteta has uh, the number of times the team was able to uh, you know get away from this overload and get into the space behind the behind the push where you have more space going forward you know right. so i i sort of start counting okay how many times that they can they do 
it. And I think it's between five and ten every game. And City probably does it twenty times where they can, you know, um, circumvent this overload and then get past it. And when they're pushing their high numbers, right? So, right. in my opinion. I just think that if you can just do it five times a game, you have to increase it 10, 15, right? You have to just not just that, just try to pass the ball through to get out of your defense, uh, you know, with that strategy. This is what I think. I think in the last two games, Arsenal did not do very well in this respect with West Ham, even with Leicester. I could see that even the youngsters, they are trained in the same philosophy. So I know what's going on. I don't know whether they're going to be successful with it or not. Honestly, it's just like one game or two games. You really can't get too happy, especially when you're going to visit Liverpool twice in the next week. That's for Arsenal. But uh, on the same note, what do you think, uh, you know, Ole Gunnar's uh, strategy is or what the gameplay is going to be like? Or you think he's more of a man-manager where he gets the best out of people? Right. So, uh, so I uh, I still stick to the point that he's more of a man-manager because tactically, I think he's just worked on two systems. Uh, and that's what we've seen uh, over the course of last season as well. So essentially, against the big teams, where he knows, uh, you know, United probably will not be retaining possession. Uh, right uh, for a long period of time so the gameplay has been more counter attacking in nature right so it's essentially i mean you you uh, you know focus on your strengths you've got a fast uh, front line uh, with pogba and bruno now coming in you have a you know decent uh, midfield uh, you know who can retain and who can ping those balls out early uh, spot uh, Rashford and uh, Greenwood uh, down the channel, or Ian Marshall down the center, uh, and that that did work. I mean, if you look at United's record uh, last season against the big clubs, uh, we had a pretty decent uh, record uh, against all the top six. Uh, it's basically, I think, against the uh, you know second half teams that we have tend to struggle where. The they have essentially given us the possession and have asked us to break them down, right? Uh, and that is where uh, you know even we don't. At least I, uh, you know, when I go into a games, and that's probably what happened against Crystal Palace as well, as an example. I mean, you can look at multiple exams examples from last season as well that we then tend to struggle because the 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 play gets uh, you know bogged down in the last third. Uh, you uh, there is not much movement. You know you're not trying to challenge the centre backs or uh, you know run in between the centre backs and the full backs. Uh, we don't have a major, huge presence in the box because you know Martial, Rashford, okay they are fast players, but build wise you know they are not the most dominating players, right? So so I think yeah I agree. I mean uh, even against smaller clubs. You know, I think we need, still need to figure that one out. Uh, do we invite them like we do uh, the same with the bigger clubs? And I, and that is where, like you mentioned, right, when you were thinking that uh, why Vanderbeek's uh, transfer seems uh, non-coherent with the mm-hmm. overall strategy, uh, is basically Van, Vanderbeek, from the bits and pieces that, uh, you know, I've seen him at Ajax and some of the YouTube videos that, of course, when we got the news that he's coming through, you, you know, tend to just scour through whatever material is available. Uh, you can see, and, and and even the friendly that they played against Villa and uh, the uh, short uh, span that he was for, uh, he came on for Palace. Right. You can see that he can find a short, uh, you know, uh, a pocket of space between the two lines, the yeah. defensive and the midfield line. And, 
he also does not like to retain the ball too much. He li- he likes to place that first touch uh, flick pass or a chip above the you know defender or something like. That. So I think that is where he'll come in important. That when 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 you're getting bogged down and you don't have straight lines of passes through, you need mm-hmm. someone who can just you know come in and probably what Mata used to do. You know, NS Prime. Right. Yeah. Just play that. Uh, you know, little slide pass through, and then obviously you expect your, uh, you know, your wingers or your uh, wide forwards to then attack down the channels or through the middle. But I think that is where that comes in. I think that is where even Oli realized mm. that based on last season's uh, performance, mm. that we need someone who can okay. break down these, uh, you know, uh, mm. really uh, these two banks of four that we call it. Right. Uh, the deep defensive lines. I think that's where he'll come in important. So, uh, but how do you see them playing? So, let's say, uh, do you imagine a game where Bruno Fernandes, uh, Paul Pogba and um, Van der Beek, they all play together? Do, or you think two, yes. of, two of them play and one comes off the bench? Uh, no. So, I, uh, I, I was working out, uh, you know, with... Uh, my other friends on what kind of system potentially may have all these three playing together and I think the only one that fits the bill is a diamond in the middle right and but uh, right. for that I think either and I not I, I think I, I you know I'm pretty sure that it will be Greenwood who would be sacrificed for a bit right and which is okay because he's still young I, I don't think he has the legs in him to do an entire season uh, uh, all matches of right. an entire season hmm. especially now that we're playing Champions League as well uh, so I think it'll be essentially Rashford Martial up top uh, with uh, these three on the diamond and at the, at the base of the diamond it could be a rotation between uh, Martic uh, McTominay uh, uh, you know or uh, this guy Fred you know uh, depending on uh, right. what kind of opponent we are playing so if you need a more mobile uh, base, mm-hmm. then probably it'll be uh, McTominay or Fred. Or right. if you're say playing against the second uh, a, a lineup which has tall center forwards, probably it'll be Matic. You know because Matic mm-hmm. uh, has certain qualities which both McTominay and Fred don't possess. Right. So, okay. so but yeah, this is the system that we are envisioning that can accommodate because mm. uh, no point uh, with the current system that we have where uh, Rashford, Martial and Greenwood are playing uh, you right. can't put Van Der Beek on the right uh, and take out Greenwood or you know or or Bruno on the right I mean it'll just be a waste uh, of uh, a space you know right. so so that's where we think that probably uh, in those scenarios they'll play together. Yeah. Right, and and I think okay. So we spoke about the the midfield. Also, you sort of uh, told me about you know what you anticipate on the base of the midfield. So probably more uh, you know defending uh, midfielders. Um, and and then so about the strike force. You said that you have Martial and you have uh, Rashford. How? Right. I mean, so let's look at other teams, right? Let's look at City. So, I don't know, like, they still have uh, Aguero? I think so. They and have, they... but yeah, I think he's injured for quite a long time. Now. Right. But, but you know, uh, did, who, who are the strikers then? Is it Sterling and is it, um, uh, with Sterling, is it, I don't know. But I, who are the strikers again? City? Uh, so, City, uh, That's I think that's where Pep does it smartly is that they, he plays Jesus up top, but he converts him into a false nine. And right. it's essentially then you have your Sterlings and the Mares or, you know, Silvas who are just then inverting in, uh, you mm. know, and, and of course you have De Bruyne. I mean. Right, of course. <laughs> so, so, yeah. 
I mean, that, I think that that's a key component. But you know, okay, let's look at their strike force. Let's look at uh, Tottenham. Or now they have, of course, Harry Kane, and they got Bale right. as well with other guys. Uh, then you look at uh, who else? Chelsea, uh, and they got a bunch of players. Um, right. And and you know, Arsenal. Uh, I know that uh, you know they haven't seen any success in a long time, but then they also seem to have a decently uh, strong. One paper. Yeah, if you look at it, of course, if you have Oba, like I said. Pepe, hmm. uh, I think Saka also plays for or Saka has left. I don't know. No, no, so. Saka, no, no, Saka. So is there, right? He's 19 years old. I think uh, yeah. he will stay. I think he's the future, really, right. the way he's performing. But you know, just trying to get an idea. Let's say you had to say you had to rank these teams in terms right. of the number of goals they score. So let's say let's say number one. Who do you think is going to score the most number of goals in the Premier League this year? Uh, I think Liverpool again. Yeah, I agree, 100. Yeah. percent so I think, but it starts getting difficult now, right? So who's number two? Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, if Aguero would have been fit, then definitely they have a strong lineup, and especially because of the service that these guys get. But uh, let's see, City, Tottenham, Arsenal, United. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean. It looks on par, right? I mean, City. I would again. I, I think I'll, I'll say City just because probably not a, the caliber of strikers that they have up, up top, but the service that those guys get. I mean, that's phenomenal. Uh, if De Bruyne would have been at United and you know would have been giving the same service to say a Rashford or a, even though Rashford wastes a lot of uh, chances, I think it would have been like we would have been in a different. Uh, you know uh, level all together so i i would still suggest liverpool city uh, i think now that's my, where my bias comes in that considering on paper at least the strength and also the performance actually the second half performance from last season uh, the trio of uh, greenwood uh, martial and uh, rashford uh, we did pretty well we did pretty well so yeah. i would put united third uh, arsenal fourth and tottenham fifth and by that, uh, that i think united and arsenal will be pretty close tottenham the only problem is that they rely heavily on kane and son and kane over the last two seasons we've seen that he tends to get injured and his injuries usually are a little more uh, you know long in nature he doesn't get the the short injuries so if he gets injured uh, i hope not i don't any ever hope for a player to get get injured but yeah i mean we've seen that pattern over the last two seasons so that's why yeah, i but think they have bale right they have bale they have bale, yeah i mean bale he's been out of action for such a long time i mean we we're not really sure what we're going to get right uh, of course uh, we, we, historically yes he's been a top player uh, but again bale is uh, from a fitness point of view is also not uh, you know the most consistent uh, at right. madrid also yeah. he hmm. used to frequently get injured and get out of action so so that i think if tottenham uh, and tottenham again last season we know as a club they had a pretty dismal fitness uh, record uh, you know mourinho yeah, we, course, we saw yeah. the you know complaining multiple occasions that he didn't yeah. even have probably 
tend to think that um, you had a little bit of uh, gloss towards the end of last season and i honestly feel that uh, you know that sort of hit some of the problems that might get prevalent later so there is a hint of positivity uh, but uh, if you ask me i would definitely say liverpool number 1 i would actually say city or tottenham number 2 uh, okay. because you know like really with with uh, mourinho with these stalwarts and with these uh, mm-hmm. with this firepower you already saw that they like scored four goals i think yeah. last weekend yeah uh right. so uh you know I, i really feel that they are going to be number 2 now uh looking at the others chelsea you know i really don't know i think last season they scored more goals than i expected so i really don't i don't even know what the signings are and how good they're going right. to be so i, I actually I, just forgot chelsea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my yeah. friends won't be too happy about that. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't rate them much. I, I as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> but you know, like, uh, like you're saying on paper, like uh, for us, Aubameyang is already going to give us 20 goals minimum. So I don't think that that is. Right. Uh, questionable then you're looking at lacazette to maybe say 5 or 10 uh and then you know you have other your pepe you have uh, you know all these i i think arsenal would probably I, I be i think uh, arsenal was uh, quite overly reliant on obameyang last season right uh, yeah you could say that but, but yeah i i also think that it's 100% true and that is why like you rightly said arsenal need a midfielder and they are honestly looking for one i looked at the net spend of arsenal this year i think it's like 15 million so it's it's not much and they've done a good job overall in selling the players that they didn't want uh, right. and i really i agree with you that you know you need another goal scorer from from midfield that saka is is that but you know he's 19 so he's are 19, really, yeah. yeah are you really going to put you know all your hopes on him so i think it's going to be first uh, these guys in second probably tottenham third uh, man city and two and three could in- interchange then four and five i envision yeah it's really hard i mean chelsea scored a lot of goals so i think united could be four or five and i think you're probably uh, wrestling with arsenal you know for that uh, number of goals scored spot right so uh, yeah uh, so yeah that was uh, another one of uh, the parameters which i you know looked at was uh, with united at least uh, last uh, to the so second half of the season these three scored consistently well and spread the goals around each other uh whereas uh, the same like with arsenal uh, i mean there was heavy reliance on uh, obameyang uh but then you know i think the others others just chipped in uh, without any consistency per se so if you just go with that uh, you know uh, extrapolate it for the beginning of the season i mean it just looks that we were in a richer vein of form but yeah i mean of course the crystal palace defeat has just you know kind of deflated with all that optimism uh, that was coming from the back end of last season yeah so let's see <laughs> yeah but i, I really think people overreact you know so united lost one yeah, game yeah. and then suddenly you know if you go on uh, on youtube you got at least five different like yeah, sky yeah. sports bbc everyone's like this is wrong that is wrong they lost one game so suddenly you know they were super 
positive towards the end of last season one game later they are getting you know they they think they are big that traction calls pretty much with all yeah. clubs right i mean even arsenal uh, you look at arsenal tv guys i mean they they go crazy right after they lose uh, a game or something so exactly uh, or 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 the other way around as well i mean you win a game and then there's uh, i mean as if you you become world beaters all of a sudden right so yeah, yeah i i tend to not fall into those gimmicks too much now i mean uh, you could say that it comes with the age also now and also the amount of time that we've been watching it i mean mm-hmm. like you rightly mentioned in the beginning right it's just one game it's just the beginning of the season we don't really know uh, what it uh, holds in store for us right now we can just look at uh, what happened last season and how we can build on that so last season definitely the first half was dismal there's no doubt about it but the second half had a lot of you know uh, filled us with a lot of optimism and and because they did it on a consistent basis i mean uh, you've seen it in the past during uh, you know the time when gol was in or jose was in that uh, it used to be one step forward two steps back I and mean, the consistency was always missing uh, with uh, ole now we've had two spells like this i mean if you remember when he came in we had a unbeaten run for a long period of time uh, and then we started losing like everything right uh, towards the end and then again uh, last season we started off pretty bad where the consistency wasn't there you win one you draw the next one then you probably lose the next one and you know then win a couple of more and then again draw so that win 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 record wasn't there but then uh, the second half of the season it was like consistently a win 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 draw you know the losses were a uh, few and far in between so to speak but right. then we ran i think we ran out of legs towards the end so that's why we lost yeah. uh both the uefa uh europa league and uh, the other one i think the fa cup we lost in the semi semi no in the finals against right. chelsea yeah so, so uh, yeah. um yeah but there so there are two or three things that i want to ask you and i'll just tell you already what these are one about the defenders two about yeah i think uh, let me ask this first so uh, currently like you you looking at mourinho of course he's not like doing crazy good things at tottenham yet but it right. looks like uh, tottenham are working really well with him they understand what they want to achieve he also looks like like i don't know whether the amazon prime documentary has sort of humanized him more to me i used to really mm-hmm. did not like him but after i saw the documentary i understand that he's a bit brash my biggest complaint with him was uh, why does he have to go on and attack other people you know it doesn't take a lot of talent uh, to do that i think mm-hmm. anyone can do it I, anyone can be rash or mean about anything and i thought right. he was in a position where he should refrain from it because it is not you know you are in a powerful position to uh, you know put a lot of hate in other people's heart and i thought that he did that a lot like towards the last season chelsea and this was you know the primary reason i also did not like him that he disrespected wenger which actually a lot of in your fans enjoy about him like they really like <laughs> right. the fact you know they took the, right. the acts to wenger both on the pitch and or, or, or in the press conferences i like the fact that wenger did not react mostly so with wenger uh, yeah I'll, i'll just want to step in there because it was always you know uh, very uh, hilarious and uh, amusing mm-hmm. at least for us i think yeah it depends we... on which side you are like i <laughs> right. I, i think most of the like i so honestly but, uh, wenger wenger also never backed down right i mean mm-hmm. uh, wenger always also did his best 
to just key either Mourinho or the other managers uh, just the wrong way because no uh, I, I I don't like this is something I don't because I remember watching every press conference of Wenger's especially in the last three to four years of when he was here he would just simply sidestep any question about three Mourinho to, last three to four years probably just a, a matter of age probably but uh, during uh, the time when he was pushing for championships right and he was push, actually pushing the top I think last couple of years uh, Arsenal wasn't really in the mix to, uh, not for many years maybe for 15 yeah. years but but you know my point is like if, if you look at um, you know Sir Alex's and Wenger's you know jabs at each mm. other I really right. you know every, they're endearing because you know they are very classy sort of uh, jabs and that's you know, true You know, and then you Mourinho came in and honestly he got the better of Wenger but I also did not like the like the disrespect that he extended to Wenger which honestly a lot of United fans love right because they generally tend to uh, sort uh, of no so, uh, if you ask me uh, I respected Wenger a lot I mean there was actually a time when we were struggling and Wenger had quit uh, Arsenal I was hoping if he can get Wenger you know because his idea of football hmm. the way he went about his business uh, I think probably I think, let me stop you there I think you, you alienated a lot of fans just then <laughs> no, no. <laughs> come on I mean you have to respect Wenger I mean <laughs> he is a legend there's no right. doubt about that right. uh, I think uh, Mourinho I think he got cheesed off with Wenger with some of the comments that he made and yeah of course I mean if you compare Mourinho with Sir Alex Mourinho is a more uh, crass character right he'll say th- I mean you remember that jibe that he took at him that Ars- uh, Arsene is a warrior and he just wants to look into other people's businesses yeah. you know, you know but, something but about but honestly like it just stuff. wasn't Wenger right it just it, it was also uh, you know yeah, he also took the like even other managers the manager he preceded after he came to Chelsea was second time he was you know so i this is what i found to be yeah i think it's really easy to generate you know all of this uh uh you know controversies like you see trump now is it hard for him to <laughs> generate a controversy no right he can do it like that but but the problem is yeah. should you be doing it like that is you know what uh, a lot of people ask and that is what my opinion was it's not uh, about his, him as a coach it gets you the desired results which i yeah. think it was working well for mourinho for quite a long time uh this habit of him of uh, you know riling up other managers other players or even his players and his coaching staff right uh, worked really well for him for a period of time right i think a uh, time when uh, even the nature of footballers were different mm. uh, i think that is where we are seeing uh, you know mourinho struggle i think in his last couple of jobs that uh, his mm. riling up of chelsea players didn't help uh, in his last stint uh, yeah that united getting on the wrong side of luke shaw pogba martial mm. uh, did not help the squad i mean it just deflated the confidence from the right. players uh, i know where mourinho is coming from i mean if you look at his first crop of chelsea players right or uh, mm. at inter or at uh, real madrid i mean they, those were like hard men like proper hard men right i mean yeah. if you abuse them they'll abuse you back and you know not go into a shell modern day footballers are like the the especially the young ones i don't think they take things on the chin and you know and bite back yeah. i think they, yeah, if course. you use them or if you you know publicly demean them i think they go into a shell and they kind of lose mm-hmm. confidence right. that's what happened i think in most of the players he did the same last season with uh, this guy uh, who's mm-hmm. their midfielder in dombele or someone and a few other players i think ali uh, delhi ali is still 
having a go at uh, you know probably at, at training or uh, during the weeks so i think that's not working for him. Right. i th- think he will change uh, i think yeah. uh, that's why we and uh, with jose you never know right i mean uh, uh, he's pleasant for the first couple of seasons then uh, like it happened yeah. at uh, united i mean we wanted it to work we wanted jose to work out at united right but mm. the third season just became so toxic in nature yeah. i mean the press conferences were negative the whole you know general mood around the club was but negative but that's his signature right the third season being toxic that right. is what he does everywhere it's not just right. united but you know i i somehow think well i was a bit negative about him previously but looking at the documentary i actually am positive about him uh, because i See, think the documentary is uh, first season na <laughs> yeah i know but yeah also. but you know i understand so he does sort of pull some players like he's you know picked on delhi ali quite a lot so he's right. doing doing those things but actually um, somehow he just seems more human to me and maybe that was the point of it but um, yeah I, i'm actually uh, my question yeah. to you then probably is would you currently uh, you know do you think that mourinho probably left too soon you think he could have been a person for the future for many years or are you happy that he's not with you anymore uh I think the way the third season was going I think uh, we are happy that he's not there anymore uh, or or you know it, they should have taken uh, a decisive step in the summer and let Pogba go a lot of negativity yeah. started from there and also uh, we know with Mourinho what happens is if he doesn't get his players he starts uh, whining right mm, yeah. so in the sum- last summer the third season summer we didn't do business like he wanted he, you know he also wanted a center back and you know another midfielder and so on and so forth we didn't get that so he, and then basically once he goes into uh, so there there are certain character like if he only right now right okay we haven't done great business or much business rather i think we've done a decent of good business with bandwidth coming in but there are still no negativities coming out at least from the united camp all the negativity mostly is coming from you know the fans who are you know uh, complaining yeah. that why are we not getting the business done so on. but uh, oligana and uh, you know even the players you tend to see that okay there are still positive and upbeat about the upcoming season with just the squad that they have right. if the same what happened with jose i mean he'll just whine about it every weekend you know i didn't get the players uh, there are players who don't want to play so he should have got, uh, the pogba thing dragged on for such a long time i mean uh you, again coming from sir alex time i mean can you ever imagine sir alex allowing to, that to happen at the club you know if he would have got even a whiff that pogba wants to leave that's it you know his access to the yeah. uh, training ground also would have been seized the next yeah, day yeah yeah of course Man, yeah, just 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 I get out this, yeah. yeah of course right? you know but, uh, sir alex has done that historically guy. yeah yeah so uh, so uh, so they should have taken decisive but then you mm. did not take the decisive measures and then you end, end up you know whining every week and you're mm. hurting your existing players who are playing for you uh, you're hurting the the supporters who show up you know uh, on the weekends who want to listen to your press conferences and who yeah. want to see you uh, how you behave on the uh, touchline and stuff Uh, and that is then generally just uh, till the time winter comes it becomes a very depressing kind of an environment i mean and then there's no yeah. com- uh, so uh, what could they have done i mean there's no going back from there right once you've rubbed so many people the wrong way i mean you can't redeem yourself pretty much from that i mean if if jose would have remained the jose of say first season you know when 
he he was happy he had the players that he wanted uh, he was more positive in his outlook and stuff like that yeah definitely he wanted okay. to stay but just right. the way things panned out yeah didn't happen hmm. I'm very curious. Let's see how he performs at Tottenham and whether, you know, even if he leaves, even if the things don't work out. Well, right. in football, things don't work out very often because it's super cyclic. So, let's see how right. he reacts. And I think yep. the next question I really uh, want to ask you is more about the defence. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I wonder what you think of it. And also, like, the question that we had uh, in terms of who will score the most number of goals. How right. do you also sort of place yourself in the number of goals you would concede compared to the top six, top eight? Right. So, yeah, defense has been a question mark again now uh, after Crystal Palace's performance. Again, I would say it's too early to judge them because uh, the same set of defenders fared pretty well last season, uh, contrary to whatever majority of the people think. Right. Yes, we know there are certain weaknesses, you know, like Maguire probably isn't the fastest in the world to either run or turn. Uh, but we've known this all along. I mean, it's not something that just happened last weekend or, you know, uh, last season, some of the goals that we conceded, uh, quite a few of them were avoidable, preventable. But uh, with the defensive track record over the course of season, if you look at it, it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, how they did that? Now, mm. uh, uh, of course, a lot of Things are uh, dependent on, you know, your opposition or the tactics that you deployed or, you know, how much of a cover you had. Like, Mm. for example, that is where Matic is very important, I feel, for the defense. Because the cover that he provides to that defensive Mm. line, just as a, you know, uh, as a shield, he reads the game so well. He makes sure that the the ball is moving around, kicking around. Uh, And that showed on the defense as well. I mean, it just brings that sense of calm. I think majority of the goals that we have conceded are when it's been chaotic. I mean, we we haven't been able to figure out, you know, what the best position is. And there's just chaos in and around the ball uh, box. Right. And uh, probably Lindelof and Maguire, they don't have that uh, superb defensive awareness, so to speak. I mean, that even if there is chaos, like some defenders have that, right? That even if there is chaos happening all around them, they still know what to do, where to place themselves, you know, who, where the danger may come come about. I think that is lacking for sure. Uh, and yeah, so I think uh, if, we, if we want to really... So I think this defense was good for a, for a mid-table team. That's for sure. From right. a longevity point of view. I mean, if you... Mm. Uh, like last season's targets were different, right? I mean, mm. they were just getting into the Champions League uh, and we'll see from there. So yeah, I think this defense is good enough uh, if you want to stay mid-table. Uh, because uh, now that you go up, uh, say, playing a Champions League, and I mean, just imagine by, you playing against Bayern Munich, right, for example, with a defense like this. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, mm. you, you will definitely be scared, right? Yeah. Even the forward line would be scared. And they'll try, try to do extra mm. uh, to come back on defense and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I think we need a centre-back for sure, a world-class mm. centre-back. Yeah, uh, not a reputed one. I I, I never mm. uh, you know say uh, you know want to always see United going in just for the top uh, players in the world. Right. Uh, but a good one, probably that fits uh, how Oligana wants his mm. defenders to be. So that is where then the scouting network becomes important, and we right. know that United have been struggling on that front for quite some mm. time now. Yeah. 
but then you know uh, if if you're saying all these things then uh, you already made so much investment in in the you know in your midfield and then you everyone's trying to get sancho and no one is talking about any defensive uh, recruitments why do you think you need sancho when you have three world class i would say uh, midfielders so even with defense if you see we have by uh, you know who's who's a top defender uh, mind you uh, it's just that he's been a bit of a uh, injury uh, prone player uh, for the last couple of seasons but yeah if i, I think right. that's why only has given him an extended period of recovery time this time around that okay right. just let's see if you can get over it uh, you know proper uh, if he becomes a uh, I, and i think this weekend we will see by in action if not this then at least this season we'll see more of him uh, he'll definitely be a good cover to maguire because by is good in the air he's fast he's a good tackler uh, right he's, he's he's an aggressive defender unlike right. lindelof who i think is more, you know he tries to read the game too much and he gets you know a little confused as to where to position hmm. himself with so by we and then we have two good academy uh, you know players i mean swanzebi has been uh, in and about the first team for a couple of seasons now uh, we were expecting him to break through uh, say last season or last two last season that didn't happen again because of his injury uh, worries mm. so i think yeah, and then we have another one coming in uh, tate mengi i think what is name right uh, so right. we have those options you know uh, to give okay and uh, probably and that's why oli also because you want to give your defensive pairing some time to establish either each other if you hmm. buy a defender right now i don't think these three players will get the time that they need uh, which would be unfair to them uh, so to speak so i think he's relying on that it could be a risk there's no doubt about it could be a big risk but uh, right. we are hopeful but see the problem is that we want to go for sancho because on the right we don't have any options you know uh, it's right. not that we are waiting for someone from the academy to come in or uh, you know anyone to come in and fill in that position i mean if you look at the bench we don't have so it, like i said it will be unfair to for greenwood also to play all the games in the season right again just like saka he is also right. a team uh, so that will be a big responsibility i'm sure he'll like to shoulder that responsibility but i think from a management point of view mm. you don't want to just bank on that you know so that is and the, other than that look at the options that we have james i don't fancy him much uh, as a right. united player mm. uh, lingard we all know what's happening with lingard yeah, he just lost his confidence mm. completely right? okay. so I, i don't think it's coming back uh, mm. and then apart from that who else i mean mata you don't want him on the right because again that is not the philosophy of football that only wants again only wants to play that fast attacking kind of football right uh, especially down the channels at least uh, so hmm. yeah i mean we just run out of options hmm. right okay. we let uh, the uh, other academy tai uh, chong go on alone we released a few academy players so we don't really have any option on the right uh, and that's sure. why i think uh, we need to buy someone okay if sancho doesn't fit the bill and see and that is one of the problems that i have with united transfer strategy is that from the very beginning we just tend to bank on just one player uh, i mean hmm. we should uh, first of all let's not make it public you know who we are trying to buy uh, from the very beginning because then twitter goes crazy instagram goes, goes crazy you know everyone right. is just uh i don't know how what kind of transfer strategy we have you know who's making hmm. stuff to the press and uh, stuff i mean it's chaos trust right. me <laughs> united and especially with regards to transfers right. so that's something that 
definitely uh, you know we as a base are not happy with right. on how it is managed but huh. then even if you have that uh, say okay you are going seriously for sancho but you also then go for a few other players right i mean uh, it just makes business sense because if you even tell the buying club that it's uh, just that player that you want to buy and you don't have any other targets of course they'll jack up the prices right i mean yeah. they're not stupid to say that okay you just want this player and we rate him very highly Uh, and you're not going in for another other players hmm. so then you pay the money you pay say double yeah. of what he actually is worth so right so I think just uh, to wrap it up because yeah we've been speaking for a long time and I think it's been a lot of fun I have learned a lot uh, and you know also get a, got a lot of perspective on you know how you see it uh, this season and just to wrap that up uh, where do you think United finishes let's say in the Premier League and also in in the Champions League so can you give me some predictions probably uh, you know what you think will actually play out uh yeah so premier league i think realistically again just sticking in the top 4 somewhere is our target i okay. i don't think we're challenging for the season uh, this time around as well right uh especially because uh, some of the uh, you know deficiencies that we discussed about right unless we fix right. them up really quickly and they uh, all of a sudden are also gelling with the entire squad which mm. i don't rate because you already have liverpool and city uh, who are miles away uh, you know from the rest right. of the pack mm. so definitely top 4 is a realistic target uh, for mm. us in the premier league uh, if you ask me where in third or fourth uh, i think chelsea will finish third right uh, and it will be a fight between united arsenal tottenham Leicester okay. and uh, always wolves biting hmm. uh, heels. Right. So it's, it's going to be a tough one, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean third or fourth right. is where I would place. You know, hmm. and Champions yeah. League, uh, I'm not too hopeful. I mean, if we just make it to the knockout stages, right. probably win the first knockout round because hmm. that's usually uh, again the second team. Or again, depending if we finish top of the group, uh, I think first round of knockout we should go through, and then unless some magic happens, uh, some European magic comes back for Oli, <laughs> I definitely don't see us going into the semis or in the finals for sure. And, and as a United fan, uh, so let's look at these three coaches who were uh, previously players with the club. So Frank Lampard, uh, Mikel Arteta, and then Ole Gunnar. Uh, like let's say you had to uh, as objectively as possible because right. you cannot be objective as a fan. Uh, right. How would you rate these guys and in which order? Uh, so just for the sheer consistency and the longevity in the English hmm. game, I would say Lampard on top, no doubt. Right. I mean the service that he's given to Chelsea on a consistent week in week out basis uh, was you know uh, out of the world. Then I would uh, say. Oli, uh, because okay, he wasn't the most consistent player out of at least these three. You know, right. he was more for uh, uh, you know uh, from the bench, coming from the bench and doing his stuff. Hmm. Uh, but he's done it at the highest levels. Uh, he's right. done it while winning Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues and FA Cups hmm. and stuff. He's done it right. on the big occasions, right? So. that's why he goes second and ateta i mean yeah he was with everton for the longest time right, right. Uh, hmm. uh, oh, good player but everton didn't achieve much then i think he came hmm. to arsenal again when arsenal was towards a downward trend overall yeah. 
Yeah. I think Max, uh, you guys won was the FA Cup or the League Cup, I think, uh, during yeah. his time. Yeah. Right? So, so yeah, yeah, even though he's a good mm-hmm. player, but yeah, if you just look at this, you know, uh, because uh, if, to be the best, you have to do it at, at the big stage, right? Arteta never probably got the big stage. Right, uh, true. With Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's I, I generally tend to think that Arteta is a better coach than he was a player. But so he's I, a better, better coach for sure. Yeah, like, compared to how he was a player, I thought he was a pretty average player. But uh, you know, um, what my opinion is that actually someone or at least Pep somehow saw something in him that he did not actually. So if you look at Mertesacker, he is currently right. going, and he, you know, he he was a good player at Arsenal. Well, one of the players that we really liked. Right. And, um, he became, I think, the coach of the under-19 setup. Now 23. Now the entire youth setup. So you know he is a promising guy. But okay, he went through the normal stages, wherein Arteta became assistant manager to uh, Pep immediately after yeah. his, uh, which which was strange because he did not do any other uh, sort of coaching work before. Uh, and then he's come here and it looks positive. So I don't know whether how he stands with the others, but I know that he's a better coach than a player. For sure, uh, right. but you know, like he's had six months, so you really—I mean, you know—it's like Still you're positive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're positive, but you really don't know, uh, you know, where uh, he'll land up. I think if United is at, sorry, if Arsenal is at third or fourth, honestly, that's a successful season. So, um, you know, at right. least from my perspective. Right. So. Yeah, let's see. But, you know, on the other hand, he's convinced Aubameyang to stay. Uh, and I think Aubameyang would not always be, you know, happy with not winning anything. So, you know, as every fan does, I am a little bit extra hopeful or a little bit extra positive. But that's not unique to me. I think everyone is about <laughs> None of us, right? Yeah. Uh, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, that uh, fight for... Third, fourth, fifth, sixth hmm. uh, is going to be like really interesting this season, and it'll all boil down to consistency. I think right. who yeah. loses the, the least and probably even draws will come down yeah. to draws as well. Yeah, I think so, you're absolutely right about right. that. Because so, everyone uh, has strengthened, hmm. and uh, yeah, right. yeah. So I think yeah, uh, you know, great speaking with you, and uh, I think it'll be nice to catch up with you during the season. You know, as we go along to uh, analyze the situation, we you know both share our thoughts now, and we think things are going to go a certain way. So it'll be nice to see whether you know we are on the right track, and you know this. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Chelsea. Hopefully, Chelsea is uh, is fifth, and then uh, both United and Arsenal can be third or fourth. We can be fourth, no problem. So I think, that'll be perfect, right? <laughs> I'll take that. I hope so too. I yeah. hope so too. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a long season. It's just started, mm. and uh, like every uh, Premier League season, you know, there's always optimism uh, in the beginning. Right. Uh, so yeah, let's see. And Premier League, like we you know, always throws up surpri- its own set of surprises and yeah. unexpected. Uh, uh, you know, entities around. So let's see how it pans out. Yeah, absolutely. But thanks <laughs> so much, Ever. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks, Mike, for uh, having me over. And definitely would like to catch up with you again sometime right. down down the season. Yeah. Absolutely. Speak soon. Yeah.